0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network.
1: Welcome to episode 364 of Geekiest Show Ever. And I am thrilled to say the following words Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. <laughs> How are you? I'm surviving, how are you? I'm just so happy that after 3 months we're together again.
0: I know I missed you so much. I know. <laughs> I mean, we've been texting, but it's not the it's yes. not the same. This yeah. is this Let's... is our our mental health check-in. I know you, you've had so much going on with your family and I've had so much going on with with my family and I just want to let the listeners know we were just talking about this. Uh I'm still in temporary uh, temporary living situation, so the room that I'm in is right near the, the HVAC of the furnace unit. So if you hear a lot of noise in the background, that's what it is. So I'm, I'm making do with what I have. This this is a, it's kind of a podcasting test because if you could see, which I would never show anybody, but if you could see what, it, what I, the way that I'm situated here, it's very cobbled together. And I mean, I'm not quite on a milk crate. I have, <laughs> we have totes that are set aside. Like we have our TV, like stack. If you, I'll have to send you a picture of this later, Lisa, it's comical. We have our Apple TV plugged into this like little old TV that, that somebody gifted us. Thank goodness. I'm so grateful for that. because It's tiny little TV, but everything's all piled up on top of totes. <laughs> and yeah. so it's like, if you want something, you look and you're like three down you're like, oh, darn it. I'm going to have to take the TV down just to get to that thing. Uh, and my, my microphone situation is like, I couldn't find my, I found my arm. I found my podcasting arm, but I couldn't find the stand. So, I had to get creative, and I have it clamped to a tripod right now. <laughs> it's just a comedy of errors right now. So we had to remember how to podcast. I felt like I was getting into a plane, like into a cockpit. I was like flipping all the switches, like, oh, I got to check this, and I got to check that. And but uh, it's like
1: riding a bike, though. Once you get yeah, back into it, it, it all comes flooding back. I hope so. so. How is the house hunting going?
0: It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And I feel like we're going to be at it for a while longer just based on stuff that I'm reading about the market, the experiences that we're having, friends that I'm talking to that are also going through the thing, the same thing or had just gotten done with it. I mean, it's taken some of my friends almost an entire year to find a place, some of them yeah. about six months. We are now on our fourth lost house. <laughs> I, I know that's probably a crappy way to look at it, but that's how I'm choosing to look at it right now. Well.
1: That's what it is.
0: I mean, this last one hurt a lot. Like, and it feels like we're always just like five grand behind, which is just terrible. And I I keep kicking myself like the last, I have to be honest, there was a couple of times where we lost the house, but then I was like, kind of, sort of relieved in a way, because then I started to have kind of like a buyer's remorse, I guess you would call it, or offer remorse. Because here's what happens. It is like, not that I've ever experienced this, but you know, have you, if you've ever seen it on TV, speed dating? I feel it's like it's like that. You know how we ever seen somebody have a speed dating episode where mm-hmm. they sit down yeah. and then they you know, the bell rings next? It's like that. It's it's almost worse than that because I mean, this is your this is the most expensive thing you'll ever buy in your entire life. And Yeah. We're not new. We're not first-time home buyers. I mean, this is the second time. I wasn't with my my husband. And I had just gotten married as he bought our last house that we sold. So, I wasn't with him for that process and but, but the thing is, anything that you've ever known about the whole home buying process, like, for example, even, you know, just when, when he bought his house, it's not like that at all. It's completely turned on its head. It's completely different. All the experiences he, because we were dating at the time when he was going through it and he was always, you know, sending me messages about and pictures about this. And it was always like, on this episode of this beeping house, it was it was just, I know it was an emotional drain. It was, it was a lot of work then. And now it's worse. It's just way worse. Like when he bought our old house, he got to see it, you know, several times, like maybe about four different times that he got to go back and look at it. Because back then, now this was almost 20 years ago, but back then it wasn't uncommon and it was normal. And it was, it was just a normal thing to expect that a house would sit on the market for months, (laughs) you know, whereas nowadays it, it, turned into hours. I mean, when we first started this process, so we've been at this since I mean, we've been at the the looking process since I would say around February where we were just kind of looking online, you know, the postcards kept coming in the mail and we we'd look and we'd say, you know, gee, you know, what's out there? Could we, you know, kind of trying to work the numbers, could we afford this? Could we afford that? Should we should we we went from should we sell this house to Oh my god, I can't believe like we have, you know, offers and I, I our heads were spinning. And as we were as we were in the selling process, like we were first, you know, we were packing, fixing up the place, you know, you go through these different processes. Once we were in the okay, we're going to get ready to list it phase, we started looking because you can Still buy a house under contingency, like you can go contingent, meaning like it's contingent on the sale of your house. And we thought that, you know, once we got closer and closer to being like really, really ready to just pull the trigger and just sell. So we started looking then and we never did get to. I think we did. We did make an offer on one place or we were getting ready to. I don't know it all blends together now. We were getting ready to make an offer on one place where it was contingent upon the sale of our house. And then, of course, that didn't go anywhere. Or I guess, you know, time ran out or something like that. And then we were like, all right, we just we just have to sell. We just have to sell and just hope we can find something because everything was just really hot and things were going fast. And then we started seriously going and going on um, open houses. And there weren't, there actually weren't that many of those to attend. I thought there would have been more looking back, but no, there were only really a handful because they weren't required. See, back before this all happened, an open house was really kind of required to get people in, you know, to get people to come to show up in the driveway, to show up at the door and come and look at the house. And it just wasn't required because the houses were practically selling themselves. And so we only went to a handful of open houses. And then we started going to ones where they were, you know, we started asking our realtor, can you show us this place? Can you show us that place? Oh, my God, Elisa, there were lines there. You, there were lines to wait to get, you know, and of course, everybody's social distancing. There were lines to get into the front door, you know, you queue up in the driveway. That's how bad it was. Oh,
1: I believe it because we went to – we're also thinking of, of downsizing. Don't do sometime it. Next year. <laughs> Don't, yeah, I was well, going to say wait. <laughs> yeah, well, just because of my husband's schedule, we can't even think about it yeah, until next that's probably spring. a good but thing. <laughs> we did go to some open houses over the summer just to get an idea yeah, of how much right. – what you could get for the amount of money that we want to spend. Exactly. And, and there were very few open houses, but when there were, they were packed. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you go to open house, it's just you or maybe just you and – Maybe, you know, a couple of families would be going through. I even ran into someone I knew at one of them. I said, oh, you're (laughs) looking to downsize too, you know, so Uh we were out in the backyard chatting for a little bit. But everybody is, you, there's no more open house,
0: at least around here. Mm -hmm. It's rare. They're starting to come back. They're starting to come back. If you look
1: at the description, it'll say open house and next to it'll say contact realtor. And the thing is, my I don't want to bother our realtor because we're not ready yet.
0: Yeah, because in the beginning you kind of feel like you're wasting their time. But exactly, I'm getting over that now because, well, I mean, because we're like seriously hunting, and I don't feel like I'm wasting their time anymore. Because I mean, we've already sold our house. I mean, that that's the big problem. We couldn't. I'm really, really grateful that that we have a, a family member that we can move in with and live with. Of course, I'm I'm grateful, but it is really. It's really a hard thing to do. It's not something I would recommend to to everybody. And you really have to get your ducks in a row because it's not just it's not just me. It's not just my husband. It's my husband and I and our two kids and our dog. (laughs) So it's it's an entire family, you know, and we're basically sharing two bedrooms and one bathroom. You know, we went from having a really tiny house to begin with. That's the whole reason we moved in the first place it was because we were outgrowing our house we just we we needed to get out of the area we needed to get a little bit closer to my husband's work i mean it was a logistical thing but mainly because we outgrew the house and now we're living in a fraction of the size of what we had you know it's all temporary i just wish that i could see an end in sight and i don't see an end in sight i don't need, i don't see an end in sight for quite a while so like just today i said all right there we're going to have to start unpacking a little bit more cuz it's been it's been almost, almost two months and we're <laughs> We're just, you know, we, we when we packed to, to come here, we just kind of packed like we were going to go on a vacation for a couple of weeks. And it, now it's mm. going on two months. So it's like, all right, I my clothes are starting to fall apart. Like, I'm tired of wearing the same thing. You know, it's, it, we've got to unpack just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And, you know, by the time we, like, unpack more, then, of course, the more we have to repack up again, then that's probably when we'll find a house. So Yeah, but, but
1: on the plus side, from what I understand, closing takes about 30 days from offer acceptance mm-hmm.
0: it does yep it's it,
1: it, and that's we bought tight. our house it was it was two months
0: yeah it it's that 30 days is tight because you know things can go wrong and stuff can happen which it did like for example when we sold our house it was it was quick we we before when they when they came out and then they put the sign into the ground people were driving by and my realtor was getting phone calls even before we listed it so I mean that process took like you know, it was hours from the time the sign got put into the ground to the time we finished filling out all the check boxes and everything. And mm-hmm. you know you know how Nate and I are. We're very meticulous, very Type A kind of people. And it took us you know several hours of like back and forth and phone calls. So, like, no, you forgot to check this box. And no, oh wait, do we have um, Energy Star qualified you know appliances? Yes, I know we have them, but I wanted to make sure that we had the paperwork to back it up, you know, and so I had to get all that kind of stuff. I had it, I just needed to get to it and gather it and digitize it and put it all in one big folder and everything. Because I'm one of those people who, you know, if I do something, I want to do it right. And I want to have all my T's crossed and all my I's dotted. I didn't want there to be any problems. And uh, so long story short, you know, we listed the house, we had one offer site unseen. We had phone calls, and then we we ended up having. It wasn't like we had a, a you know a huge mass of, of offers because I mean, come on, this was just a little house and and not not the best area. But even still, we had three offers to choose from when it was all said and done. We had three offers two of them were like ones where we had to decide between those two, like one was like, "Eh." and that was hard too. like having to reject people, because you know, like, you're in that situation, too. So it's all it's all an emotional roller coaster ride. It really is. Now, if we had been selling to one of these, what I call corporate cash buyers, CCBs, I'm I'm just I've heard that tossed around a few times, I think you're going to hear more and more about it. You know, if we had been in a position to sell, which we probably were, I mean, we looking back, like we did have we did have one open house where it was just for agents only cuz we didn't want just like anybody off the street coming in. And when we got back there was a couple of business cards on the counter and one of them was from I think it was OfferPad or OpenDoor, one of those. It's like Zillow, OfferPad, OpenDoor, Redfin, like all of those are the the corporate I'm calling corporate cash buyers cuz that's what they've been doing. That's where the problem comes in really. The problem is that they're trying to they're trying to disrupt the market. Um, So we were going to talk, you know, relaying this to tech. So one of the experiences that we had was there was a house that we went to go look at, we, you know, we just do everything through our realtor, because that's, that's the way you want to do it. You know, you really need to have an agent on your side, because they're the ones who have all of the connections. Like, I'll give you an example. As we were closing on the house, once we sold it, and we closed, we, you know, picked our offer, um, just as we were packing everything up. So now that's the nerve wracking part. When you're living in your house but it's no longer your house <laughs> mm-hmm. it's right. like this is the house like we lived in that house for 17 years like you know it was a piece of us right but we had to really, it was a really hard lesson to learn of like, you're living in this house, but it, it doesn't belong to you anymore. And so you find yourself like, you know, trying to make it, you know, clean it and make it nice for the next people coming in. Because, you know, you want to be a good custodian. You want to be responsible and, you know, pass something on to the, because I, I happened to, I found out that it was going to like a young a young couple, you know, and I thought they're going to start their lives here. And all in all, I had a really, I have a really good, warm, fuzzy feeling about like who we sold it to. I don't have any regrets about that. Um, but I think it was the day before we had to be, I think it was like the last day that we were there. In fact, there was a problem with the closing on their end. Like we did everything okay. We were good. But just as we were packing up, we were um, vacuum sealing the, the mattresses. We have those foam mattresses. And the kids were horsing around and the vacuum cleaner was like pressed up against the window. You can imagine what happened next. (laughs) The last day that we're supposed to be out and what happens? A window pane gets broken, like not a whole window, but just a window pane. And mm-hmm. you know us, we're like, we lived in this house for all these years. So I panicked. I was like, oh my God, I have to fix this window pane. You know, what am I going to do? So I went and I, I, I sat down on the floor because we have no no furniture, remember? But the internet, of course, was like the last thing to get turned off. So I'm like, you know, looking for a window replacement company. And of course, it's this is at a time when we're still in the pandemic, you know, and the, the everybody's like selling and buying houses. So all these contractors are like super busy. So they said, well, we can't get anybody out until like, you know, two weeks from now. And I'm like, oh, that's not going to work. So the girl was really helpful. And she was like, you know, you can buy a pane of glass and you watch YouTube videos and you could just put it in yourself like we could reseal it. So then we sat there and we watched a YouTube video. I bought the pane of glass, like had it ready to go. And then we called our, our realtor because I was thinking I was getting ahead of this. And come to find out, she's like, no, you can't fix it yourself. There's no DIYs allowed when you're under contract because, you know, if something goes wrong and it pops out when they move in, then there's going to be a problem. You could right, be right. in violation of your contract. And then there's, you know, who knows? You, you get put in contract jail, I guess. I was like, are you, are you going to be kidding me? Seriously? <laughs> so we had to go and spend $175 to fix oh. One eleven 11 by 20 single pane of glass. All because my kids, like, they, they, they lost their balance. I mean, you know, they're helping. They're trying to move this big, heavy mattress, you know, and they're, they're being silly kids. And they just leaned up against the, the vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner is what pushed into the glass and, and cracked it. I was like, you gotta be kidding me!
1: Never happened before, right? In the seventeen years that we lived there, my
0: my oldest is fifteen years old. So you know, you figure in fifteen years of my kids living there, and they've never broken a window in that house, (laughs) and and it had to happen that day. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So I mean, you know, worst things could have happened, but it was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I had to spend one hundred and seventy-five dollars for somebody to come out. And then, of course, it was terrible because, of course, it was in the front. It couldn't have been in the back. It was right in the front, so we had to tape it up. It looked like really whiskey tango. It was just terrible looking. I just (laughs) thought, And and my heart sank because I was thinking about you know this couple, you know, being all excited coming to this house. I mean, we mowed the lawn and you know we tried to make it look nice for them. We put a new a new light out front. You know, it was almost like you know we were trying of like i I put like a you know roll of toilet paper and and tissues and (laughs) i don't know it's just i think that that's just how you should be when you sell a house you want to make it welcoming you want to welcome the new owners to their new home you know knowing that this was a young couple it's just you know just out of out of the goodness of my heart it was what i wanted to do and so for them to have to pull up and see this you know piece of cardboard and and painter's tape on on their their window (laughs) you know it's just yeah uh, so it was comedy of errors there um And then, of course, you know, so once we, so so we moved out, you know, we moved in here and we had to, I mean, it was like sweaty and it was like everything that we tried to organize and plan. We were taking pictures. So just to make it, you know, geeky, um, part of the packing process. And this is what I would recommend. I mean, really, really try to do this as you're packing things. We had boxes labeled. We had like a labeling system. In hindsight, I wish we would have actually used uh, a true database app. Like, you know, do you remember when there used to be FileMaker and Bento? I think Bento. Bento. Yeah, Bento's Bento, like no longer, yeah. but I wished yeah. I would have used an actual. Database app, but we were just kind of doing it down and dirty because
1: Airtable. Yeah,
0: see, I should have tried to do that. I shouldn't, see all these things you think about in hindsight. So if you're going to yeah. do it again, use an actual database app because what we were doing is between my husband, th- that was the problem really. I mean, really the problem was like I didn't want to have, I didn't have time. I didn't want to train them on a new app and try to, you know, figure this out. So we were just using the notes app. So we had a note and it was shared between the three of us. And what they would do is they would pack up a box they would number it, they would take pictures of the contents, you know, just like kind of snap a picture of the box packed or, you know, a few things that if it was really super important, like we're going to need this later, you know, take pictures of what's going inside of that box. And so we just kept doing that. But then what ended up happening was we got down to the end of things and then it was time to pack up clothes and like other, you know, last minute things and stuff. And we just ran out of time. We ran out of steam and then we kind of abandoned that. And so then we ended up really like trying to look for things. And then the worst thing was what we really should have done. Of course, this is all in hindsight. We, this is the other problem is trying to get a storage facility. Because obviously, you know, we're moving in with a family member, we only, I mean, they're letting us use their their two car garage to store stuff. But that's only so much space to pack up a whole house. And remember, we have a very small house. So it's not like we have as much stuff as somebody else would have with, you know, twice the size of our house. So we had to get a, a rental unit. And those they jacked the prices up on those because they're in high demand. And we were lucky that we found one. So once we were able to get, you know, we had friends and family come help us. And that was, we were really grateful for that. But of course, you know, they're not going to be like, okay, this needs to be packed over here. And this needs to be over here because we need to be like, nope, nope, just shove it all in there. So everything just got packed like a sardine into this tiny storage unit because that's all we could get at the time. And so as much as it was nice that we organized our boxes, we numbered them, we took pictures of them, we labeled them. We can't get to them because they're, like, in the back of the storage unit. <laughs> so so the, I guess the next advice I would have is if you're going to be packing up a storage unit, take pictures of the storage unit as you load it, you know, so that you can see, okay, this is where boxes 1 through 60 went. You know what I mean? Did you put box 1 kitchen? Or no. is it just box 1? It was just, like, box 1. You know, we numbered them. But what we did do is I in the beginning, they were just doing that. They were just writing the box number and then taking a picture of the contents. But then I said, that's not like super helpful because then, of course, the list got really long and you had to scroll through it. So the next piece of advice I would say is, just use your dictation, you know, tap the microphone and just start talking and saying it's got spatulas and coffee cups. Exactly. And, okay. You know what I mean? in it? Exactly. You know, these so, are my these
1: mm-hmm. are my kitchen dishes.
0: Yeah. Box two has all my books. Right. Some of them they did do that. Like some of them they wrote the number and then, you know, yeah, like what room it went in and stuff. But it just was inconsistent. You know, we had it was too many figures in the pie too too many too many cooks in the in the kitchen kind of a thing where because we were just kind of desperate we didn 't have we, we couldn't afford to hire movers, so it was the family and the friends, and you can only give like so many directions and not everybody's going to follow them all. but if I had to do it again, then yes, I would definitely say label the boxes a little bit more, um, put keywords you know type type in or or dictate. The contents. And, and that's what they ended up doing. I just said, just, you know, speak like you're speaking naturally. And okay, inside of this box is, you know, dish towels wrapped up with the coffee mugs and the creamer and the salt and pepper shakers, you know, stuff like that. Just say what's in the box. And then the way it's searchable. Then when you say, where is the, you can just go into your notes app or whatever database app you you end up using and search for that keyword. If you're looking for the salt and pepper shakers from grandma, you know, then if you type that in, then you'll probably find it if you labeled it. So it's about feeding the data that you're collecting. So in hindsight, that's what I would have done. Them.
1: Yeah. And you can also mark them important, not important. Yes. Or any other type of word to the it, meaning mm-hmm. if it's not important, these are my winter clothes and it's summer. Yeah. Those can go way back in the storage unit. But things like um, my medication or my recording equipment or my, my my computer equipment, that has to stay up front.
0: That yeah. Important. I did some of that in in the way that I because I'm a stager, I like to stage things as I pack. So throughout the entire house, like once all the main furniture was out, then it was just an empty house. And I had things lined up against the walls, like totes and boxes. So I prioritized what left the house first, you know what I mean? Because I knew that that was going to go in the back of the storage shed. So the last things ended up in the front or just here with us in the house. So I I did do a little bit of that in the way of prioritizing. And I've got I've still got a box like behind me on the floor. That's my nightstand. You know, so I'm still like, you know, where's my hand cream? You know, like, oh, my God, my chapstick. Like, where is it? You know, trying to look for that stuff. And like my microphone stand, you know, things like that, like just stuff that was important that I knew I needed to get to. And I brought it in here. But then it got piled up. So then I had to rifle through that stuff. So, and I did get clear totes for a lot of stuff so I can see through it. It's just that we're in such a small space that it got stacked so high. So there's like three layers of stuff that I have to take off to get to it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just, it's frustrating in that way. The other the other um, geeky thing that I wanted to mention about the whole uh, looking for a house process, this is something new. So I was talking about how we, you really should keep a, a realtor. I mean, what these these um, corporations are trying to do is they're trying to kind of push the the actual human agent out of the picture and make it so that people can just like like um have you seen anything your, your son sells cars you probably have heard you know about things like carvana and carmax and places like that where oh, sure you can yeah. buy cars online right in fact they even have like a car vending machine you know it the whole idea is to to, I guess, upend the market to disrupt the market so that you don't do things the traditional way. You do things in, in a way where you don't have to haggle and you don't have to deal with the sales back and forth and stuff like that. I think that's what these corporations are trying to do. Because even my realtor said that there was a, I, I don't remember what the product was called, but there was some kind of tool that they were using. Like, I don't know if you know how, you know how the realtors get list get, they get access to the MLS listing, so right. they can see things that you can't see. Like, for example, a lot of the houses around here, I don't know about out where you are, but a lot of the houses here have solar. And that's a big contention because you can tell that a lot, You like you'll look down the row of houses when you go see them and there's about, you know, half a dozen houses that have solar. So what that means is that some salesperson came around and said, oh, you know, we're going to sell you this solar package. And a lot of people bought into it thinking, oh, it'll reduce their monthly payments on their electric bill but then the problem is they end up not you know, you know how it is like we when we it happened to us when we bought a brand new hvac you know we invested like sixteen thousand dollars into a brand new hvac thinking that we were going to be there for a long time so that we could enjoy it i mean it was still a good thing to do it wasn't like i mean it was it was a bit of a loss but it helped us sell our house because it was brand new and we, it was still under warranty right not so much the case with solar because what happens is, and this is just something to keep in mind if, if it does happen out there. So people get talked into buying solar, and they might make this decision to do that, thinking they're going to save money on their monthly bills. And they go into a lease, and it's and I've also learned this too that not all of them are, you know, rent or lease to own. It's just a lease, and then once the lease is over, the lease can start over. So you have to find out if it's lease to own or if it's just a continuation a continual lease. And what happens there is, if you go to buy that house, like say these people thought they were going to save money, but then they decided to sell. And they're only like say two years into that agreement. When you are the buyer, and you have to buy that house, you have to buy out the lease, you have to take on those payments. And that's an additional monthly payment on top of your mortgage payment. So that becomes a bone of contention there. So every time when we look at houses, there's all these like little flags that you first you scroll to the bottom and you say, okay, is this being offered this, this house listing, is it being offered by a traditional realtor? Or is it one of the corporations like Zillow or Redfin or something like that? If it's a corporation, then there might be a chance that they have bought out the lease, but then they jack up the price, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of haggling involved. You're, you can't really negotiate repairs and things like that, because now you're dealing with a corporation and not a real agent, a real person. Whereas if you're dealing with a traditional seller, if you say, well, you know, this faucet needs to be repaired or that skylight's broken, you know, that's your your chance to negotiate all of those contingencies and repairs and things. You don't have as much leeway when it's with a corporation. So one of the geekier things that I observed is the fact that these corporations are going in and buying certain pieces of software that were tools that the realtors used to be able to use to help them help their clients and now these corporations own some of the stuff and so they're kind of being pinched because now they don't have access to that tool or maybe they do but now they have to pay extra to use that tool because this other corporation bought it it's kind of like in our in our world of like apps you know how apple will acquire a service you know, say there was like a, an app, like, I don't know, what was it, Shazam or something like that, where, you know, they'll buy out the app developers, and they'll kind of like fold that into their own offerings of services. Right. That's starting mm-hmm. to happen in the real estate market with real estate software. And then here's the here's the thing that I thought was kind of creepy, cool. There was this one house we went to go look at. Here, it turns out, you don't even need an agent. It's called self tour. And I'll tell you, it was Zillow. So and I don't know if other companies are going to follow suit. But Zillow now offers houses where they've gone in, they gobble up all these houses at a at a premium, they they buy out these houses and then they turn around and they flip them. And when I say flip them, I don't mean that they always like go in and like replace, you know, fixtures and stuff like that. In some cases, I don't know about Zillow, but other I know another house we looked at, it looked like they came in and took out the whatever appliances were there that were of value or say towel rods or things like that. And replaced them with scratch and dent. And the reason I say that is because this one house we looked at, like you could tell that there was pride of ownership. And based on the other things that they had done with the house, there's no way they would have chosen those towel rods. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like there's just no way they would have, they would have, you know, used, they would have had a better thing that wasn't all dented and stuff. So I think that that is happening. Um, They're also buying up places that used to be rentals. And now I guess landlords that had owned them are liquidating their assets. So you go into these places, and it looks like you're stepping into a time capsule. It looks like it's still 1988 when the house was built, because probably the renters, you know, live there and they might have even had, you know, maybe they covered the countertops with contact paper, they might they might have customized it somehow. But then when they left, you know, they took all of that stuff off. And so now it's back to 1988 again. Or they just never bothered to replace the fixtures, that sort of thing. Or you know, the the buyers could have come up and you know taken whatever was a value and stripped it and put in you know lower quality stuff. So so there's things like that that are happening. Um, and so they buy up these houses and they you know they clean them, they fix them up, whatever, or they get the tenants to do that, and then they make it self tour. They install security cameras, they install a digital lock, and they make it all so that you can go up to that house and unlock it with your phone. So we actually toured one house like that, where we used the Zillow app. And you have to, um, you know, you have to have an account, which we, we did for many, many years. Um, and you have to verify yourself. And I forget what else is in the process. But it only took a couple of minutes, you have to, you know, they have some kind of affiliate thing you have to sign so you get verified and then you can actually walk up to that house and you you have to turn on your location so it's very that's why I say it's creepy cool because you have to let it track your location now it says you're supposed to keep it on always but of course i went in and once I was done with that tour, I disabled all that stuff.
1: Oh, sure. You but know? are these empty houses? Yes. Do they, do they stage it? Do they put in furniture of any kind? Oh, no.
0: They're just completely empty. They're, they're completely yeah. I, vacant. Mm-hmm.
1: I, need, I need the furniture. I need to be able to look at someone's yes. house. and just, Even if I don't like the it doesn't matter. I need to be able to look at it and go, yeah, my dining room set is the same size as theirs. It mm-hmm. will fit in this room. Well, or my bed is smaller. It'll fit in this room.
0: I'll tell you what we did in that. In that particular instance, only because it, it was available and it's something that you could look for is so. We toured this house that was completely vacant, no furniture. We were able to unlock it with our smartphone app, and then I, I did have that same kind of problems. Like, well, you know, there's this big space here, but yeah, what's it going to look like with furniture? How's how's it going to navigate? What's the flow going to be? You know, like that sort of thing. Am I going to be able to fit my desk in here? That that kind of stuff you can go on the other than realty websites like Zillow and Redfin and all that kind of stuff. They all have pretty much the same listings, but some of them get them, like, for example, Realtor, in our experience, seems to get the listing first. Not all the time, but they seem to get the listing first. But then, for example, Redfin, the pictures load faster. I don't know why that is. But every time I open up Realtor lately, it takes forever for the pictures to load. And when I'm like in a hurry, and I'm I'm like, you know, give it to me now. <laughs> I want it now, daddy. <laughs> That's when I, I end up loading up Redfin because the pictures load faster. Um, same thing with the apps. Not all these smartphone apps are, are built the same, but what you can do is like, let's say you went and toured a house, but it was completely empty and you want to know what it looks like with furniture in it. You go and you look for other houses in that neighborhood that might have recently sold. And sometimes even if they sold a couple of years ago, the pictures are still there available and they have furniture in them. So a lot of times people sold their, their houses where they, they did stage them. Like we staged our house. I mean, we took out the bulk of our furniture and made it look, you know, bigger and open, but we still left, you know, furniture in. So it was still lived in and it still looked really nice when it was staged. Um, so you can still find older listings or even current other listings that do have furniture in them for that same floor plan. You know, it all depends. Like if you're if you're looking in an older neighborhood, then, then all bets are probably off because a lot of the houses are different and custom, but out here, like I said, a lot of these places are banks of rentals that are being sold, so chances are better, chances are higher that you might find even if it's not like the house next door, but it might be like every 5 houses or something where that floor plan repeats because a lot of times these are developed communities. And so they use kind of a cookie cutter model. So it, it just depends on what you're looking for. I mean, we, we've we looked at multitudes of different houses. We've looked at cookie cutter houses where it makes the job of hunting that kind of information easier. Because like I said, you're bound to find another floor plan that looks similar. And we've also looked at other houses that were very custom and like, you know, unique and, you know, definitely had a personality. And it's, it's kind of a mixed bag because of the and I'm just talking about for my my local Tucson market here. So it's 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 bound to be different in other places. But we're based on we're dealing with the inventory, which is very small. So like I said, a lot of um I think what a lot of times is happening, especially and it's also our price range too. You know, we can only afford so much, so we probably are because of our price range, because of the timing, because of the areas where we're looking and what we can afford we're probably looking at things that are banks of rentals that are being liquidated. And so that's why we're running into a lot of cookie cutters. Whereas the house that we lived in was not a cookie cutter. It was definitely, you know, it was built in the late 1940s, early 50s. So it definitely had personality, but, you know, it was it was your standard slump block construction, three bedroom home kind of a thing. So I, I just thought that that was interesting. Like those those are some geeky tools that you can look at that are now at your disposal that weren't before. And that's why I said the whole real estate um, experience is just whatever you knew from before, if you bought a home 20 years ago, or even in the last 10 years, it's completely different. It has changed so much, I'd say in the last probably five years since all of this stuff started happening. So whatever you know, you can't rely on that anymore. (laughs) <laughs> be prepared to just have a completely different experience. And it's ever changing, too. Because, you know, in the beginning, as we were starting to go through it, everything was so hot. Like I said, people were queuing up in driveways. And it was, you know, lines were out the door. That is starting to taper off right now. I don't know if if there's going to be a surge again, you know, based on the, the weather, because now we're, we're heading into our cooler months. I don't know if it's going to slow down or speed up, you know, because whereas before we were we were searching in like you know the dead of summer where that was another thing that sucked too is trying to to look at houses when it's so hot out and the air conditioning isn't running so you're like i don't know how well this place is going to stay cool in the summer you know cuz right now it's just hot 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 everywhere so yeah whatever you knew before scrap it <laughs> <laughs> start over it's a whole new world out there it really is it's an adventure that's for sure and you really got to be prepared to take that on and it's and it's exhausting it's, it's really exhausting. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so let's, let's shift focus a little bit because I just talked about a whole bunch of stuff that's like really super stressful. And, you know, there's a little bit of tech involved, a little bit of geekiness involved. I, I have this like exhausted attitude. You have the, the cruising attitude. You just got back from a cruise. Tell, tell us about what that was like. Like, how did you, how did you, were these tickets that you had before? These were new tickets? Like, how did you book it? How, what's, what's, give me the lowdown.
1: Okay, this was the cruise we were supposed to take in 2020, which obviously was canceled. So we, in 2016, my husband and I took a cruise on Royal Caribbean Allure of the Seas, which is a fairly large ship. And the first night at dinner, we were seated with four other couples. One, two, yes, four other couples. Two of the couples, we hit it off with, unbelievable. Normally... We don't usually make friends on cruises. I mean, people you talk to while you're there, but then you go your separate ways. Two of the other couples, they just couldn't be bothered. We were trying to pull them into the conversation. They just, they weren't having it. We're like, okay. So we hung out with these two couples and we've taken three cruises with them since. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we keep in touch all year long. So it's been really good. So we planned on our cruise in 2020. Like I said, obviously, it was canceled. It was moved to October second of this year. We went on Symphony of the Seas, which is, to my knowledge, the biggest cruise ship in the world right now. Wow, They're it's huge. We're gonna bigger. have a picture
0: in the show notes, but it's it's amazing. It's,
1: it didn't really seem that much bigger to us. Mm-hmm. No, we took a Lord three times. Okay, and after the third time, I said we need to go to a different ship. You know, we've we've used we've been on the ship three times. We need to go to different ones. Change so we the scenery. To, We'll do symphony. Well, basically, if you know one ship, you know the other. Really? Okay. Little like little things here and there might be in a different place. But for the most part, if you were on Allure last week, and then next week you go on symphony and they just plop you in, you'll know exactly where to go. If I say to you, I'll meet you at the pizza place, you'll just walk directly to the pizza place. Is that because
0: they're they're manufactured or owned by the same company? Well, a lot of the ships...
1: They, they have different, um, well, what's the word? It sounds different, very purposeful. Uh, it sounds like they do that on purpose. Different themes, different decor. Mm-hmm. But the basic, and, not even, and honestly, I don't even pay much attention to it, <laughs> but basically the layout is the same. Mm. So where the spa is, is in the it's the spa's in the same spot. The solarium is in the same spot. The buffet is on the same spot. It might be a different floor, but the same spot. But mm-hmm. it's close to being the same floor.
0: That'd be interesting um, from an engineering aspect. I wonder if ships are designed that way because of how they're built.
1: You know, they have something called Central Park that is on level eight. Both ships. There's a they park have something
0: called Like with ca- grass Central Park. Mm-hmm. Get out.
1: Yep. They have a full time <laughs> um a full time horror- what's the word? Horiculturist?
0: Get out. So it really is like a moving city. It's like a city on the water. There's
1: trees and birds and flowers. Trees? Oh, yeah. Oh, my Mm -hmm. Yeah. (gasps) See, what they do is when you're on the lower decks where people might be sleeping, their cabins, you can walk from one end to the other. But when you're on something like Central Park, yes, you can walk through one end to the other, but the Central Park area is open. Hmm. So once you get to the, what we call the boardwalk, which is level six, from that level up, it's open in the center. How many levels are there? 16? 17? Oh, 17, 17. I was thinking 12. Holy crap. <laughs> 17 wow. levels. Yeah, wow. there were 17. So six is the boardwalk, and that's where you have um, a big carousel. The kids go on the big carousel. They have a candy store. They have a
0: Johnny Rockets. Why would you ever get have, off the boat? I mean, everything yeah. is there.
1: Yeah, exactly. They have, um, let's see what else. I think there were some couple of retail stores, kind of like swimsuits, that kind of thing. A, a hot dog place that was open during lunchtime, which my husband took advantage of. <laughs> and then at the back, and so this goes toward the back of the ship. This had the aqua theater. So as the ship is moving, you've got people doing... Um, All these different acrobatics and stuff and just jumping into the water and just doing some pretty amazing things.
0: Did you feel the boat moving at all?
1: Ever so slightly. Huh. You know, some people feel it more than others. Like one of our our friends, she wears the bands around her wrist. Oh, uh yeah. And that that helps her with with seasickness. Uh And you see some people with the little, they look like little band-aids. They go behind your ear. Oh, Interesting. And that's supposed, that's supposed to be a pressure point behind your ear and that's supposed to help you. I've never worn them. I've never needed them.
0: You never had seasickness or, or nope. motion sickness? Yeah, my, nope.
1: one of my kiddos nope. gets,
0: gets motion sickness and I'm thinking nope. about looking never. into stuff for him. Hmm.
1: Yeah, never had it. And I do have motion sickness. I oh. can't go on rides uh-huh. because of it. Uh-huh. I cannot do any kind of roller coaster or anything like that. But the ship is fine. But, I mean, they have things to, to help not make the ship move so much that you're going to get sick. But for some people, it just is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Some people just detect it. They have like, you know, inner seismic (laughs) that they just just detect it. What was sleeping like it? What what was sleeping on it like? Okay, so we get
1: you have a couple of choices. You can get an indoor cabin, which means you have no windows. You have just like something fake Hmm. to make it look like you have a window, but there's no window. Hmm. We did that a couple of times and we said, yeah, we have to at least have a window. Mm -hmm. So in which case you have an outside um, an outside room. So you have a window. So at least you can look outside, you can see if it's raining or sunny or whatever. Then you have a balcony and then you have the suites, the different suites. Now the suites of course are crazy expensive. You get Mm -hmm. a couple of extra perks with it, but at this point I just can't justify. Mm -hmm. So we always got the outdoor or the yeah the outdoor Mm-hmm. Rooms, outdoor cabins. For our twenty fifth anniversary, I believe it was, we splurged and we got a balcony. Mm-hmm. We will never not get a balcony again. I was
0: gonna say that had to be worth it.
1: Yeah, balconies are nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice when you pull into the port; you can go out into your balcony. You can look; you can see what's out there waiting for you. It's nice at night. Like one night, I went out and there were all these birds. Huh. I'm just and I just stood there. It's like. Close to midnight, and I'm just standing there looking at all these birds, wow. which I think were coming from Central Park. Oh. And then there was lightning way, way, way out in the distance. Ooh. So I love watching lightning. That so I just stood cool. there. I just stood there on the balcony and just watched the lightning. I'm like screaming into my husband, "There's lightning out here!" <laughs> and at one point, he comes out and looks and goes, "Yeah, okay," and goes back to bed. <laughs> so. But you have plenty of room. The
0: bathroom. How is do you big, get around? Is everything walkable?
1: You have to walk. Now you have.
0: Oh, that's right. You thing. didn't have internet the whole time. I thought, man, I didn't get any like fitness updates from you. or nope. But you were you nope. were off the grid, weren't you?
1: I was off the grid. Yeah. Now that, that was, was by, that was
0: choice because you. I that mean, was a choice. I be... could
1: I could <laughs> pay for internet,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but that would have cost me a couple of, hundred of do- hundreds of yeah. hundreds of
0: dollars. Yeah.
1: And I thought, why? It's, yeah,
0: it's time to take a break. Come on. You
1: know, but the here's the funny thing though. I had to log on to the Wi-Fi on the ship so I could use the app. And I'll go into that in a second. Mm. But it it says it's Royal Caribbean guest Wi-Fi because they have a separate one for the staff. So I'm on the guest Wi-Fi. My phone is in airplane mode. My husband's phone is in airplane mode. The Wi-Fi should only work so I can use the Royal Caribbean app, except I was getting texts. Hmm. Interesting. I was, I looked down at my phone. I'm like, that sounded like a text message. And it was my father's neighbor. Hmm. I'm just like, and he has an iPhone. So a couple of people were able to
0: text me with their See, I didn't even try. I should have tried.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, I'm, and so I texted him back and I said, you're probably not going to get this text until Saturday because I'm on a cruise, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It went right through and he responded again. That's He goes, odd. oh, yes, right. You told me. I forgot. I'm like, okay, how did That's this go through? That's odd. Yeah. I was getting Twitter notifications. What about your
0: watch? Did your battery last longer? <laughs> <laughs> mm, not really. No? Okay.
1: Not really. But I was it's getting Twitter you. notifications too. <laughs> but if I clicked on the Twitter notification it wouldn't open. Wow. And then my husband was getting um updates like Yahoo Sports updates.
0: Hmm. All this while airplane mode was on?
1: Yeah. So somehow or another those it must notifications have been some kind
0: of were passed through were, through the app? Yeah. Maybe. We're
1: hitting the phone. Hmm. And maybe for those particular notifications the phone was saying, Oh, she's on Wi Fi.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And let it
1: in. It was but but I couldn't. Yeah, you know, it, like if my it husband like... opened up Yahoo to read what the sports update was, it would say you don't have an internet connection.
0: Hmm. Maybe, so thinking, right. maybe something about the way the Wi-Fi was configured, like on the router end of the ship. Maybe they had certain things blocked, because otherwise, you know, then you'd be getting free, not free, but I'm um, well, you, yeah,
1: you had to sign in. Yeah. You had to sign in. If I wanted to use the actual Wi-Fi, I had to pay for it, mm-hmm. and I would have to log in and sign because uh, one. One of our friends did. They, it sounds like the maybe Wi-Fi. there
0: was maybe ports that weren't blocked and ports that were blocked to allow certain things through, but other things not. Like, it sounds I like have... it's probably the configuration on the ship. Yeah, I
1: have no idea because we both kept checking yeah. our phones going, yeah, it's, it's on airplane. In fact, I got my cell phone bill the other day and it's, it's the normal bill. Okay. So,
0: okay. so it wasn't going through LTE, it wasn't going through AT&T. Nope. Hmm, interesting. Nope. So what other kind of like high tech stuff was there? Because then that, that piqued my interest. So if you're in airplane mode, but you're using the ship's app, like, did you have to do like, was there contactless payments allowed when you say like okay. you went to get a meal or a drink or buy something or okay. check into when a you, movie or see a show?
1: When when you're on a ship, there is no such thing as cash. Mm-hmm. This, was, this was well before COVID. There's no such thing as cash. Everything goes onto to your card. Mm-hmm. So when you are signing in, you have to give them a credit card. Now, the way you sign in is really, really come a long way. It used to be you would get to the pier and you'd all wait online and then you'd have the boarding pass that you printed out and then you'd hand them your credit card and they would run off and run it through to put it on file and then they'd go through some sort of file cabinet and get your room keys and you were there forever. Now everything is done either online, on the website, or in the app, where you had to, although one of the other things they used to do was take a picture of you. Mm-hmm. Because they what would happen is on your room key, you don't see the picture, but they do. Mm-hmm. Because as you get on and off the ship, you have to swipe your card. And then they look at your face, they compare it to you and say, okay. And, you know, off you go. back a couple of times it was like, lower your mask. Okay, now you can, you know, get back on the ship.
0: So everything is on your room, Kate. Hmm. Wow. So what they do, you, so you carry a physical card around? A physical yes. plastic card? Yeah. I remember in, a, in an older show a long time ago, you, one of the, the picks that you had was a, like a lanyard type thing that you could wear that had pockets in it. Is, is is that something that's still necessary?
1: I don't recall what that is, but a lot of people do buy a lanyard with a little plastic case. hmm and they put their cards in there.
0: But I guess if you're just already so carrying your phone and you're using the app, then like my, my case wallet would do because you just have to take your card out. Is it a swipe or is it does it have a magnetic strip on it? It's
1: nope. It's now you just touch it to your so door. it's door.
0: RFID. OK.
1: Yep. You just touch it to your door and, and you go. So, they so did you probably they taped- could just
0: leave it in your wallet case and just tap your phone to the door because it'll go through right, right through the case.
1: I had I didn't have a phone case. I had like a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, it's like a small wallet. Mm-hmm. And I would just put my phone in there and then the the key. So you only have one you know, thing to
0: carry. You didn't have to juggle yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. That's cool. S- so everything's so- all digital now, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. And because of COVID, what they're doing, what you do with the app is everybody sits down at dinner the first night. And we're all looking for our menus. And they said, nope. You either you either open your phone, oh my and you go to you go to dining, <laughs> and then you would go to main, and then we were on main four. So you click on main four, and then it has breakfast, lunch, dinner across the top. Click on dinner, and it shows you all your options so you, for dinner you that night. you kind of have
0: to have a smartphone in order to go cruising these days, huh? And So if, if anybody was, was dip- thinking that they were going to take a cruise to go off the grid and to not have to stare at their at their lit up screen anymore. Forget about it.
1: <laughs> well, you don't have to. I mean, for the people who, for whatever reason, didn't have a phone, or maybe the phone was too small for them, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. they did have menus okay. for those people. So they still have a backup analog plan
0: for, yeah. for these yeah. things. Okay.
1: Yeah. But the nice thing is you knew what the whole week was mm-hmm. for
0: dinner. Whole Normally you
1: don't. Mm-hmm. You don't know until the next day what dinner is for tonight. So you could look and you could say, They had certain foods like um, broiled chicken, spaghetti. um, Oh, I can't remember. Did you get to choose
0: any of the things or it was just this is what's presented, take it or leave it? Oh, no, no,
1: no. They had certain items that every night are your appetizers. So every night you could have Caesar salad, you could have shrimp cocktail. Mm. So you knew that you could have those every night. But there'd be... Two or three other options, like maybe tonight was French onion soup. So I hmm, I like French onion soup. I better get that tonight because they're not offering it the rest of the week.
0: Aha. So you so had a whole food nice itinerary. Thing.
1: Yeah. So that was the nice thing about being able to look ahead. I better uh, get this item today because they're not offering it again.
0: So that does sound pretty nice in that you can plan everything out if, if you're, I mean, because that, that would really speak to a person like me who's like type A and wants to get everything all planned out ahead of time. And then I don't have to think about it. Then I could truly just, you know, not have to stare at my phone all the time. I could keep my phone in my pocket or whatever and only have to use it to get in and out of, you know, accessing things or, you know, I mean, I, I guess you could probably go throughout your trip like that and just very minimally have to look at your phone.
1: Well, we, we did every night anyway, even though we knew it was on there. You know, so they had mm-hmm. the children's menu on there and they also had the wine menu on there. So if you wanted a glass or a bottle of wine, just keep scrolling and at the bottom were the different wines that you could choose from. Or if you wanted um a glass of whiskey or, you know, some sort of after-dinner drink, you would just mm-hmm. look through there.
0: And do the you order different... the things through the app like you tap a button no, and the waiter
1: okay. come No, there's a waiter and an assistant waiter and they come around and it's like, okay, Miss Alisa, what would you like? I will have shrimp cocktail and Caesar salad for the appetizer. I will have the um, spaghetti bolognese, and then I will have the key lime pie. Oh, and you know, Good thing I which, ate
0: before we recorded this.
1: <laughs> well, the first night they had key lime pie. I love key oh, lime pie. Oh, yeah. Key lime some, pie on a ship is great. I just got some gluten free so, key lime
0: pie cookies so. the
1: next night they didn't have key lime pie and i mm. said you have any more key lime pie yet so every night without asking they brought me key lime pie Aww, that's so that's sweet. one of the nice things about the ship is that the waiters get to know you you know one of my um one of my friends he he can be a bit he can be a bit much i mean he's he's a, he's 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 a good guy but he can be a bit much but a little bit he of drama first first night I don't want shrimp cocktail. I want a plate of shrimp cocktail. Mm. I want a plate of lemons for my iced tea and I want a pl- I want a big thing of Splenda. <laughs> and every night as soon as he walked in, there was his big plate of lemons, his big, you know, big container of Splenda and his plate of shrimp cocktail. You know, and of course they get tipped accordingly. We yeah. always we always give them a really good tip. Uh-huh. Um and how do you tip them? You c- well, when you pay for your cruise, you can include tips. Uh-huh. You can do prepaid gratuities. And the way they do it is, and I don't remember how much it is, but they could say it's $12 per person per day. Mm-hmm. And then they take that $12 and they divide it up among the different groups. You know, The bartender gets so much. The uh-huh. waiters get so much. Okay. The busboys get so much. Blah, blah, blah. Your room no person cash. gets so much. But then, what we do is we hand them cash on the last night.
0: Oh, okay. So you did over and so above. You, you did have yeah. cash. Okay.
1: That's the only time you use cash on the ship. Mm-hmm. Is you just you know we hand it to them we're like you guys were great. Here's a little something extra. Mm-hmm. You know for you over and above wow. what we already gave you. So I guess because you know? it, it's, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah. Because they like I said they get to know you on the Monday night that we were there. I'm looking at all the desserts and I just said. When it was time for me to order, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I want key lime pie. She likes bananas foster. (laughs) Bring her bananas foster. Give me key lime pie. And then bring us one of everything on the dessert menu, including the brownie on the kids' menu. Oh, wow. I said, we're all, we're going to share. And that's what they did.
0: Nice. They brought
1: me my key lime pie. They brought her her bananas foster. And we had one of everything. A little smorgasbord.
0: <laughs> oh, it
1: was a brownie with caramel sauce Did you fit into your clothes when it? you got home? <laughs> I actually did, which surprised oh, wow. me because last time I couldn't zip my clothes I, I know. That's why I asked. I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, we had, it was an apple tart. It was a cheesecake, chocolate cake. Oh, my
0: God. Um, we, we need oh to put gosh. a disclaimer around this podcast that so you better eat before you listen.
1: And and we all just we all just everybody's know, getting you, their snacks. now. You just saw plates going back and forth because mm-hmm. we take a bite and go, oh, my God, this is so good. Pass it to the next person. There were some <laughs> desserts that were all you heard from our table was, mm, oh, my yum. God, this is so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> there was one night that we had Mississippi mud pie. Oh, now, must everybody has a different definition of mud pie. In my head, it's a chocolate crust with like a coffee ice cream. Uh huh. This was not that. This was a chocolate crust with like chocolate mousse pudding. No coffee. And some whipped cream.
0: Oh my God. It was unbelievable. Are you gonna want it that way from now on? It was unbelievable. (laughs) Most I think
1: all of us ordered a piece and we're just going, wait all you heard was, Oh my god.
0: (laughs) But did it replace the key lime pie?
1: I had that and the key lime pie. (laughs)
0: You can and have if your, I your pie and your, and your mud pie, too.
1: <laughs> and if I remember correctly, that was my birthday night. So I also had chocolate cake, but I couldn't eat uh-huh. the chocolate cake. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And then what a great night, birthday, had, though. <laughs> yeah. And then one night they had brownie. I forget what they call it, but it was a brownie. And I thought, OK, it's the same brownie we had the earlier in the week, which was just a square brownie with some caramel sauce on it. No, this was... Chocolate mousse pudding again with bits of brownie in it with um, broiled marshmallows on top. I hate you right now. <laughs> oh, my. That, that was another night we're going, oh, my God.
0: It was so, so good. So, so, so. so it sounds like you had a, a good uh, selection of desserts there.
1: <laughs> oh, it was, it was amazing. That sounds The desserts great. were absolutely amazing. And we're just sitting there just like, Okay. <laughs> who's got the wheelchair why, why should because we leave? We cannot get up and walk we cannot get up and well walk. how
0: did you get around it was everything within distance you didn't have to like use I don't know hoverboards or like a well, golf cart or with anything the,
1: with the ship regardless of what huge. ship you take you have elevators that will take you up and down mm-hmm. but you're on your own when it comes from going forward and back yeah wow you have to walk they don't have moving sidewalks You have to move, you know, you're on your own getting from the front to the back, the back to the front, but you can take the stairs or the elevator up and down. It is. Now, normally, if, if we weren't all together, because people that we travel with are a little older and one has a knee issue, so we would use the elevator. But when it was me alone or just my husband and I alone, if we were going down the stairs, we took the stairs.
0: uh You took off. So, so you did get your workouts in then.
1: Yeah. I walked twice. I walked. And on the last day that we were at sea, I said, I'm not wasting my time walking. I have to worship the sun.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) So
1: Mm. I said, I can walk when I get home. So that's what we did. But But what they also have is they call it the cruise. Oh, my gosh. I can't remember. I can't remember what it is. Cruise compass. And that tells you what's going on that day. If we're it's if we are in port, it tells you what time we're supposed to peer or dock, I should say, and then what time you need to be back at the ship.
0: Well, that was my next time question. The ship is leaving. So what did you do when you got off the ship? What, Where did you go then? The
1: first day we were in St. Martin. So we did a ship excursion, which I don't normally like to do because it ends up costing more for less. You know, if, if we do a ship excursion to go to the beach and say it's $50 for three hours, I can do it for $35 for six hours.
0: Oh, nice. Okay.
1: I'm, I'm going to go on a cruise with you next time. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Well, they called me the cruise director.
0: Yeah, really? <laughs> Our little
1: group, because I would say, okay, how about we do this? And I'd go, oh, okay. And i say, no, 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 no. If you don't like what I suggest, say no. I don't want to do that. They go, That's no, funny. we trust you. That's so funny. <laughs> I say, we should go here. So we did a tour. It was basically a tour of St. Martin. And then we went to a beach for a few hours. And got and, to worship and the And sun. had lunch. And got to worship the sun. Yes, we did that for a while. Nice. And then the next day we went, which was my birthday, we went to St. Thomas. And there were six of us all together. Uh, so Tom and I and one friend, we got off the ship in St. Thomas. And we just got into a cab on our own. And we went to a beach that was about 10 minutes away. Now, it was what's pretty the, close.
0: what's the cab situation like? Is it an Uber? Do you use your phone to do that, too?
1: Nope. There's people waiting out of the on the dock. Oh, okay. So... Old school. Yeah. So they're all lined up and you say, I want to go to, you know, I want to go to this beach or what beach do you recommend? Or I want to take a tour of the island or I want to go to this place. And then they just, and everything is set. It's a set price. So oh, if you nice. want to go to this beach, there's no dickering. It's kind of like a la carte. If it's $5, you know, with this cab, it's going to be $5 if you go to that other cab.
0: Mm-hmm. So that, that makes it nice. much so we, easier. Yeah. Or really as long as you stay within It's not very stressful a, at all. Huh?
1: You know, if you stay within an area.
0: I think I'm going to have to take a cruise after we buy a house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: won't be able to afford to, but I mean, it's a nice thought. <laughs> and you can do it out of California or out of Texas, so... Uh-huh. A little bit closer to you. So, um... How many days total in, was it?
0: It was seven days.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Saturday to Saturday. Did it feel like it went too fast, or was it just the right amount of time?
1: You know... I have found, for me, we have taken cruises four, five, six, seven, and eight nights. And the sweet spot is six nights. Okay. Because you want to get off the ship, wanting more, but feeling like you got enough. It gets to the point after a while where you're going, you know, I love all this food, but I, I, can't, keep, I can't keep eating like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. And I start to feel gladness after a while, I imagine. I need to get back home and and, and into my daily routine.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. So for me, six days is perfect. For some people, 14 days is perfect.
0: Wow. Once you don't have a routine anymore, it's probably perfect for them if they're retired and, you know, no longer have to maintain a routine. Yeah. It's all about maintenance. Mm -hmm.
1: Because I eat every meal like it's my last. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I could di- I could die tomorrow. Let me have that chocolate cake right, right. now. Life's too short, <laughs> so oh yeah. So we eat and we just lay in the sun.
0: What kind um, of entertainment? Like movies and comedy shows. The
1: first night we were there, we saw Hairspray. Oh, wow. which was very good. Yep,
0: so they, like a little Broadway play. Twice.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, we saw Mamma Mia last time. Cool. They had We Will Rock You, the oh, story wow. of Queen. Uh-huh. Um, Royal Caribbean ships have a lot of Broadway shows.
0: Wow. With like, you know, play, theatrics, actors, props, all that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. The actual Hairspray. It's like like floating knew, Las
0: Vegas, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I knew, you know, I've seen Hairspray on TV, and I've seen the Broadway show, and I have the soundtrack, so I already knew what was
0: coming next. Now you have the whole complete, more than a trifecta. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that they did a good job with that. They had comedians on. Um, you have to make reservations for those. They had, because of COVID, they had vaccinated -vaccinated non-vaccinated shows so that if you were not vaccinated you could not go to the vaccinated show and if you went to the non-vaccinated you knew you were going to the non-vaccinated the there were two different comedians they played together Uh and they did family shows though god knows how they did family shows (laughs) and then they did the 18 and over show and Uh oh my god one of them was funny the other one my god Like we were going to pee our pants, funny.
0: (laughs) Those are the kind you like the best, yeah.
1: You know, like dropping a lot of f bombs, Uh
0: but they were. Oh, so you didn't miss me at all. (laughs) (laughs) They were
1: pretty funny, and so we saw them twice.
0: That's a Um, lot of laughing. Oh, it was it. Yeah. Well, tell me about it. Like, like COVID wise, like, did you feel safe? Did it feel clean? Did it feel like? Yes. I mean, that's a lot of people laughing, expelling a lot of air in one place. Yeah,
1: you were seeing. Constantly, there were crew members scrubbing down and disinfecting tables mm-hmm. and staircases and elevators. They, they, they said six people to an elevator. That didn't always happen. Mm-hmm. But because there was less people, this ship holds between 54 and 5,600 people on a normal week. We only had twenty five hundred.
0: Yeah, it sounds like it was only half full. Did it? Did it feel that way? Like, did you notice yes. that it wasn't yes. as crowded? So that's that's a yeah. good thing. We
1: didn't wait forever for elevators like we normally did. Uh-huh. When I went to the casino, I had my sh- I had my pick of which machine I wanted. Mm-hmm. There was, you know, when I went to get a slice of pizza, there was no waiting, or maybe I waited, you know, two, not even two minutes. I mean, everything was. There weren't the really really long lines that
0: get services. It was nice. So in your opinion, do you think that prior to this, that they were booking them too full? No. Do you think there was too many people? And now is this like maybe just about right? Or do you think it could still handle? They're
1: not going to make any money on 2,500 people. Mm, I see. Mm -hmm. Because you had a lot of cabins that were empty, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, and less people means less tip for the staff. And the staff, they send their money home. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm you know, to whatever country they're from to help their families Mm -hmm. or their parents. So they need more people on the ship. So... What was it like mask-wise? So these were what the rules were. Royal Caribbean, when they were able to come back, they wanted to make sure everybody was vaccinated. Ron DeSantis said, no. Mm -hmm. We're not even going to go into that right now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So Royal Caribbean said, okay... We are going to COVID test you. Mm-hmm. Well, then in August, I get an email from Royal Caribbean saying, guess what? You need to be fully vaccinated to go on this cruise because St. Thomas requires it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because the island we were going to required it, we have to follow
0: the rules of our destination. That well, yeah, makes sense. You're not going to dump all these people into that area and not be vaccinated.
1: So Royal, um, uh, St. Thomas said... If you have even a single person on your ship who isn't fully vaccinated, you cannot come here. Oh, boy. So, Royal Caribbean said to, in the letter, it said to people, if you have a problem with this because you don't want to share your vaccination status, even if you are vaccinated, or you don't want to be vaccinated, that's fine. We'll give you two choices. We'll either give you a full refund. Oh, boy. <laughs> or, or, you know, which is, you know. Mm -hmm. we can't honor our end, so we will give you a refund.
0: Okay, so the people had already paid for the the tickets and then the decision was handed down.
1: Correct, correct. So they already paid in full, so they could get a full refund or Royal would move them to a different itinerary where vaccines were not required. Hmm. Okay, so the pa- those passengers had options.
0: But then aren't they still mixing on the ship? So now you have a whole ship full of people, well, half full of people, and a portion of them are vaccinated, a portion of them are not vaccinated.
1: No. No, you had to be vaccinated. On my particular sailing, mm. you had to be 100% vaccinated. So your whole
0: ship was all vaccinated?
1: Correct. Ex- oh, with one okay, exception. With one exception,
0: the kids right right because they're too young
1: so what happened with that
0: oh boy. is if that's oh, okay let's yikes. say
1: it was you so let's say it was your family
0: mm-hmm. and your
1: kids are not vaccinated
0: mm-hmm.
1: you and nate even though you are vaccinated would be considered unvaccinated mm-hmm. well that so yeah, that you would not be able to go to the vaccinated venues mm-hmm. so if there was a comedy show going on and maybe your kids were old enough to be left alone and it was vaccinated. You couldn't go.
0: Mm.
1: You would have to go to the unvaccinated comedy show.
0: Oh, my God. But they're still on the entire ship. there's are still unvaccinated people.
1: Which were children.
0: Only oh, children. Only children. All, but even still, anyone, that's still, yeah.
1: And there weren't as many kids as there normally would be. Mm-hmm. So every, every adult, 18 and above, had to be vaccinated. God, what that mess. was just a requirement of Saint Thomas. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't let you off the ship, and we had to present a negative COVID test within 48 hours of sailing. Mm-hmm. And how do so, in
0: that situation? How do you share your vaccination status? Does it take a picture of it and upload it?
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. You do it right in the app. Uh huh. And you took a picture of yourself so that they already had the picture to put on your on your card. So that you weren't wasting time getting a picture taken.
0: That's what I'm starting to see more and more now. There's more and more places where vaccination is required. You either participate or you don't. And you have to share your vaccination card.
1: Yep. And in St. Thomas, it was required that you wear a mask when you're off the ship. Mm-hmm. So we did. Mm-hmm. Everywhere we went, we even though we were outside, their requirement was you need to wear a mask. So at all three, we, we, we were at St. Martin, St. Thomas, Perfect Day, Coco Cay. Uh-huh. And even though Coco Cay is owned by Royal Caribbean, it's still part of the Bahamas. Masks on until we got to the beach. Wow! Because it was those countries' rules, uh-huh. so you follow those countries' rules.
0: I-, I think they think they have something going for them.
1: <laughs> yeah, sounds.
0: Like and the it smart wasn't. Thing to I mean, do. I
1: wasn't happy when I first heard it, but it really wasn't that big of a deal.
0: Yeah, you still got to go on a cruise. You still got to eat your chocolate.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I just thought, you know. Uh-huh. It could be worse it's not,
0: and you yeah, could just exactly. not be on a cruise. It's not the
1: end, not the end of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not that big of a deal. right? It's, it's Armageddon light.
1: You know, and, and also the, with the app, it used to be that when you spent money, you know, you get a drink, it gets charged to your card. If you purchase something in the gift shop, whether it's jewelry or a t-shirt or whatever souvenir, it gets to your, goes onto your card. You go to the spa and get a massage, it gets put on your card. You don't know how much you spent yeah, until that yes. last day when they take that little bill and they Ching, stick it under your door Ching. and you're like, oh, then they wow. upgraded to, you could go on your TV and you could look and see so far how much you spent. Mm-hmm. Now it's right there in the app. Yeah. So you so have a running tally. As my husband buys a bottle of, uh, I bought a glass of wine, you know, a few minutes later, I'm looking and going, oh, you spent uh, $20 on that glass of wine. It's right here. And mm-hmm. he could, you know, verify to make sure, yep, that's what I spent, $20. Okay. So everything was right there in the app.
0: So that can, that can make or break them because now people are actually seeing how much they're spending, (laughs) which you have to. I mean, it's the pandemic. People are making less money. They have less to spend. They're going to, they're going to want to rein it in. Mm. It's not the (laughs) eighties. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So do you feel rested and you're ready to do it again in a couple of years or? Oh,
1: well. I was rested until I got to the airport and spent, you know, eight hours sitting in the airport waiting yeah. for our flight. But yeah. otherwise, you know, yeah, that wasn't pleasant. But, you know, what are you going to do?
0: So four stars, but do it again? Well, it
1: was our 16th cruise.
0: Oh, wow. How often do you plan on going?
1: We like to go every year. Mm-hmm. Next year, we're thinking about, rather than doing a cruise, doing an all-inclusive somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens so what you know, were
0: the major differences do you think more things are digitized now
1: oh absolutely
0: do you see room for improvement like for more things to become even well what, what they're what was talking left? about I
1: mean, what they're talking about now is giving people and i believe this is an option though i'm not sure if it was an option on our particular um our particular cruise i know one of our friends did this you can spend thirty dollars and get a it's like a it's a like a watch bracelet mm-hmm. and everything is on your wrist oh boy so all you do that's how you get into your wow. room that's how you really won't
0: need a phone then buy something wristlet. Yeah,
1: everything everything is right there wow so Royal Caribbean is in the process of starting to work on that to get people to
0: wear this bracelet wow that's that's exciting. and scary at the same time. It's exciting and terrifying at the same time, really, because so were there any glitches while you were there? Anything that, um, like it did, did the Internet go down? I mean, you know, no. what happens then? Do they have some kind of contingency plan? I mean, what's plan B? No, no, not,
1: not that I know of. Nothing. Nothing seemed to I can't remember anything not working. You know, you just go to your phone. You can see if there's an excursion you want to do that you didn't book at from home. Cause usually they, they encourage you to do it from your home. Mm-hmm. If there's something that particular excursion you want to do, because also what happens is it costs more when you do it on the ship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Interesting. So there's certain things that you can buy ahead of time. Like I buy, and here's a tip. And I think I've talked about this before. If you are booked for a cruise, at least for Royal Caribbean, I can't speak to the other cruise lines. If you are booked on a cruise on black Friday, and you plan on buying any kind of drink package, the alcoholic or the non-alcoholic drink package, look on Black Friday weekend, Mm, because that is when it's the cheapest. I paid $18 a day, which even that was kind of a lot of money. But I paid $18 a day during Black Friday. If I were to buy that package on the ship, it was $34.
0: Wow. That's a big savings. Huh. That is a huge, I'm like, there is no way. And this is just a package, so it's not like we have to Mm -hmm. worry about it being stuck and held up on a container ship somewhere. Yeah, this is,
1: all this is, is just, you know, they charge me. So it came out to be about $120 for the week, something like that. And I got uh, specialty coffee, so every night I would get a mocha, which I never drink at home. The only time I ever drink those is on the ship. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was specialty coffee, specialty teas, milkshakes. I got a milkshake at Johnny Rockets. Oh, so good! We're gonna have to that call was... you the frugal cruiser. <laughs> yeah, that was really, really good because I thought you had to pay at Johnny Rockets. I said, "No, it's covered." I'm like, "Oh, great!" So I got a milkshake from them. It covered I my knowledge on understand pibicolata. how you got back in your pants. It's yeah, pina. I get pina coladas. Like I tried a strawberry daiquiri, be that and Fitness I tried a plus, uh. what was the <laughs> other one that I tried? I think I tried a peach one that I didn't really care for. Mm. But I pretty much stick with the pina colada, the non-alcoholic pina coladas, mm. bottles of water, a soda. They give you this big cup, souvenir cup. Uh, it's like a you know one of the thermal cups, so you can fill it up with soda, Powerade, lemonade. So that's and then if you get the alcoholic one, it includes all of the above plus. Beer, wine, and, and alcoholic drinks. And if you want, I think they also have another one. If you want the more premium alcohol,
0: did you do but, any spa massages? That sort no. of thing.
1: No, nope. that's what I be. That's done. I did one year. It was heaven. It was heaven. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Why did you do fabulous. it again? Well, that year I had a deal. Uh huh. It was a a package deal, and they gave me a fifty dollar coupon for my birthday. Okay. So it ended up being like a hundred bucks. Those are the sales I'd really be looking good. for.
0: Give me, yeah, give me yeah. a deal. They on, didn't skip the alcohol. Give me a deal on massage. And, and to be honest, a massage is
1: also something I can do here. I want to, I want to be out in the sun.
0: Oh, I see. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. So, do
0: the things that you that you can't do at home on the cruise. Yeah. So I was mm-hmm. out in the sun. Nice. Yeah.
1: So pay attention to the excursions too, because a lot of times when you're looking at the different excursions, it'll say. Thirty percent off, twenty percent off, fifteen percent off, whatever, and a lot of them will sell out. Things like swimming with the dolphins are always Ooh. very popular. Do you ever do and any of that? We did. We did this. We did swimming with the stingrays once in Grand Cayman. Mm-hmm. We did that. That was part of something else. But one of the one of the features of that particular excursion was we were swimming with the stingrays, which was. Okay, like once was enough. <laughs> but a lot of the times they will sell out quickly. Mm-hmm. So if you're saying, well, I'm going to wait until I get on the ship, chances are it's not going to be available on the ship. And a lot of times if something is $50 when you look at it online, if you get on the ship, it might be $75. Wow. Mm-hmm. So if it's something that you know you really want to do, especially if there's a group of you, whether it's a family or your friends, do it now. But do it right away. in advance, along. yeah. Yeah, if it's something, because you can get a refund if it changed your mind. If you go, I, uh, you know, saw I, I saw I hurt, something better. Yeah, or I hurt myself. I can't do that excursion anymore. I need to cancel. You'll get a refund.
0: Oh, well, that's good to know. Great to know. Well, everybody's going to want to contact us here and, and ask you for all your tips and ask Elisa, the, the frugal cruiser, to, to book them a cruise. <laughs>
1: Then how would they do it if they wanted to contact us?
0: Gosh, it's been so long. I, I can't remember. What is our email address? What is it? Podcast? Our email
1: address, <laughs> podcast at geekiestshowever.com. Oh, but that's right. Or, we have that
0: website, It's That's right. It's still up. It's still, it still works. It's still
1: there. And you can also send us uh, some Twitter feedback or it's feedback at Twitter. And that would be at Geekiest Show if you want to contact the show itself or if you want to contact us individually. I'm Alisa Paselli1. And Melissa is the Mac mommy. That's me. And there's one other way that they can get in touch.
0: What are, what are we forgetting? The you can, contact tab on our
1: website. That's right. You are there's rusty, aren't you? I am.
0: I am. <laughs> we will actually get those emails if you actually fill out that form. And, you know, you might want to dust it off and actually send us something so we can make yeah. sure that it still works. That, that would be great.
1: <laughs> Kikishowever.com.
0: Click on the contact form and fill it out and we'll get an email.
1: Yeah. So there's so much more to talk about with cruising, but I think that's enough for now. So like Melissa said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to answer them if I can. So that is it for today's episode. We were so happy to be back. Melissa, I missed you. I missed you too.
0: (laughs) Well, we'll keep trying to do this again. I'll I'll see if I can kick everybody off the internet and tell them to go take a walk for a while.
1: (laughs) Yep. And of course, we missed our listeners. So We uh, thank you so much for staying with us and for listening. We will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. And in the meantime, please stay safe.
0: Hello everybody, this is Simon Parnell, the host of the Essential Apple Podcast, the show where we aim to take a wander around the week's news in Apple, news, reviews, technology, security, and anything else that catches our eye. Plus, from time to time, we like to have guests from the industry who we get to tell us about their products, their services, their history, their philosophies, what. To uh, drives them and of course just what makes them tick. That plus a bunch of friends talking about the news in Apple. What more could you possibly want? Check us out on the My Mac
1: Podcasting Network.